0: Time out when there's gaps in coverage. Every team needs a player they can count on to help. AFLAC Supplemental Insurance can help close the gap between what health insurance covers and what it doesn't. When you're sick or injured, bills can rack up fast. AFLAC pays cash that can be put towards medical expenses like co-pays or even non-medical expenses like rent or groceries. Get help with expenses health insurance doesn't cover. Visit AFLAC.com to learn more. As
1: a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills.
0: The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is.
1: Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple.
0: Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 12 to 3 Eastern, 9 to noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and FS1. Find your local station for the Herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Herd.
2: Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio.
0: Ah, here we go. It is a Wednesday. We are live in Los Angeles. It's The Herd, wherever you may be and however you may be listening. We're on iHeartRadio, Fox Sports Radio, FS1. Jason McIntyre is joining me today. Um, There has been some more positive news on the young man uh, that needed CPR, Mr. Hamlin, on... Monday night. Um, very positive vibes this morning. Not going to tweet it. Not going to discuss at length. But we will if we get any positive news. Update you. Any changes?
3: Try to get back to a little more sports
0: vibey today. Yeah, yeah. And so, but we feel pretty much more positive yes. today. The medical professionals. Um, you know, I want to start with this. I don't know why this is. I've never really been a um, a conspiracy theorist. I don't. I'm not lonely. I'm not bored. Uh, I think that's part of it. People just sit home. They they get a conspiracy theory. They go to YouTube or to a Reddit board or a message board, and it kind of you know social media provides the inertia, the momentum that um, you know a conspiracy theorist wants, needs, seeks, whatever. Um, It used to be that if you were a conspiracy theory, you were just kind of the crazy uncle that showed up for the holidays, tried to talk everybody into man did not land on the moon. And then you went about your merry way back to your small town and annoyed your friends there. But now it becomes a thing. Joe Rogan's got a wildly popular podcast. I've listened to it a couple of times and it's mostly conspiracies, (laughs) at least the times I've checked in it's his right. It's very popular, but um, I saw this story and this is, this is a great example I get, it's remarkable, how often I get on social media. I don't read all of them. I don't read most of them, but occasionally you'll get the responses. The NFL is rigged. That game, the umps on the take, uh, the officials on the take. I'm, I'm, uh, it's, it's numbing to me. Like a, lot, a lot of people think that, or maybe just a lot of people on my feed. But this is interesting. So the NFL had a choice. And they put the Packers hosting the Lions on Sunday night. Now, Seattle and the Rams play earlier in the day. If um, Seattle beats the Rams, the Lions are out. It disincentivizes, arguably, the Lions against the Packers. So Green Bay then faces a team that season is over and the game is less relevant. Now, Detroit fans wanted the games to be played simultaneously in the 1 o'clock window, right? So, like, you don't know. And, and they wanted their Lions team believing to the last whistle they had a chance to get into the playoffs. But again, if Seattle beats the Rams, Lions are out, right? And this cracks me up because this is your classic. This thing has um, conspiracy th- theory written all over it. That the NFL, Fox, the NFL... They want Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs. Well, first of all, we do. Yeah, I mean, we do. We also want the Yankees in the World Series, and they didn't end up there. I guarantee you the network that has the national championship would prefer having, like, Michigan, Georgia, or Ohio State, Michigan, over TCU. It's a smaller brand. That doesn't mean it happens. We're going to get Georgia TCU, and it's not going to get a good rating. So... Bored people, let me try to explain why the NFL did this. I think most of you get it. and Maybe I shouldn't lead a show with something that only 15 to 25% of the people think. But Green Bay is a massive brand, so they love putting him on Sunday Night Football. Aaron Rodgers is a superstar. They like putting him on Sunday Night Football. There's a, a huge audience on Sunday Night Football. And the Green Bay story now fighting to get in is actually captivating. They usually walk away with this division for years, but they started out, they were bad, stumbled. Now they've caught fire, and it's actually a fascinating story. I said the last couple of weeks, Green Bay games are really, really interesting. Also, so yes, everybody wants Green Bay in over Detroit if you had an opportunity. Networks would. It's more fun. But um, remember this. If you put, let's say you put Green Bay Detroit early, And if Green Bay wins, then on Sunday night football, you'd have the Seattle Rams game, and that's a total dud. (laughs) So, And the other option would be, oh, let's put Jacksonville and the Titans on. That's got playoff implications. Jacksonville has no national brand. Jacksonville's very borderline popular in Jacksonville. They're not even popular there. For a long time, they tarped off the upper deck at their stadium, and the Titans are injury-ravaged, They've been a mess all year. They're not dynamic offensively. They're a tough watch. So I know probably people in Michigan thinking the Lions are getting screwed here. And, uh, you know, my takeaway would be just because networks do want Green Bay in the playoffs, it is fun. Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs, Packers, Brands, great. This is the right call. If you ran a network, you would put Green Bay on Sunday night with Aaron Rodgers, not the Titans, Jags, and you wouldn't put him at one o'clock. So this is the world we live in now, where it used to be Crazy Uncle had a theory. It was zany, and he would just go home after Thanksgiving dinner. Now, Reddit boards, YouTube, conspiracy theory lives, breathes, explodes, and just get used to that if Green Bay gets in. You'll hear about that. And I do think they'll win. So the second story today is Jim Harbaugh. So I'm always kind of suspicious when stuff leaks. In my business, it's not just about the story, but why the story is out. Who's leaking the story? The Lakers can't keep anything private. Anything that happens in a meeting's out 15 minutes later because everybody's protecting their butt. That's why it's not a well-run franchise. When stuff leaks, it's usually for a reason. So Harbaugh, the story is now, Carolina talked to him. Why'd it leak? Last year, Minnesota did. Why'd it leak? The Broncos are. Why'd it leak? Sean Payton's getting talked to. None of it's leaking. <laughs> Because Sean Payton has a job. Sean Payton has a TV job and he doesn't need it as leverage. He's great. He's got a Super Bowl and they're offering him a lot of money. So the question becomes is Harbaugh trying to drive up his Michigan salary or his NFL salary? And my guess is he's driving up his NFL salary. He's going to the NFL. I wouldn't. I would stay. I don't think Carolina's got a quarterback. You can't win in this league without it. I think he's got a quarterback at Michigan. He gets the Buckeyes at Ann Arbor. I wouldn't take the job. I would let somebody else take Denver. $20 million. Harbaugh's net worth is over $75 million. He'll be miserable in six weeks with that situation. In cap hell, no draft picks, and Russell Wilson may be washed. But my guess here is is that there's unfinished business. He was 44-19-1 in the NFL. And he did it mostly with Colin Kaepernick. Colin Kaepernick's career passer ratings in the 80s and his career completion percentage is under 60%. And Harbaugh went 44-19-1 with Alex Smith and Colin Kaepernick. And the record would have been better, and he would have had more success. He got to a Super Bowl, except for the best roster in the NFL during his time was in Seattle in the same division. And so three different times in his quest to win a Super Bowl, he lost to the team that won the Super Bowl. He lost to a Seahawks team in the playoffs, won the Super Bowl. He lost to a Giants team, went to the Super Bowl, won the Super Bowl. He got to a Super Bowl, lost to the Ravens, who won the Super Bowl over that Niners team. So he could have been a lot better had he had an elite quarterback, had he not had the Seahawks in division. I've always thought we we sort of say, yeah, Harbaugh was pretty successful in the NFL. He was wildly successful. Many great college coaches, Spurrier bombed, Saban bombed. Matt Rule bombed most college coaches do not work in professional football. Harbaugh works everywhere. But I also think this is something, is that Jim probably realized very early in his professional playing career, he wasn't Joe Montana. He's not delusional. I think Jim also realizes that it's very hard in northern college football powers Powers to win national championships. There's one in 19 years, Ohio State. One. I think it was 2014. That's it, in 19 years. And so you think Harbaugh, it's getting the national championship. But Jim's smart. Jim recruits. He realizes the SEC, that footprint, there's more great high schoolers. Jim Harbaugh may be totally satisfied this morning that he has made Michigan the number one power once again in the Big Ten that he has momentum over Ohio State, the game is back, the quarterback's back, and he can hand the program to somebody else that has J.J. McCarthy, gets the Buckeyes, has the power blueprint to win it. Not every coach thinks they can win a national championship. Brian Kelly, Notre Dame, came to a conclusion. I'm probably not going to win a national title here. I'm going to go to LSU. First year, 10 wins, NFL guys everywhere. So, The guy who's coaching Tulsa or Oregon State probably doesn't see a national championship. He sees, hey, at Oregon State, can I beat the Ducks and can I win a Pac-12 championship once in six years? That's an amazing goal. You don't have a state that produces enough Division I high school football talent to beat an Alabama or an LSU or a Georgia, Oklahoma, Texas, whatever it is. So I do think part of it is we view it as unfinished business for Harbaugh. How do we know Jim, who loves Michigan, doesn't feel like mission accomplished. My number one goal was to make Michigan football better than Ohio State. He hates Ohio State, and he loves Michigan, and he has made then king of that that conference. Brian Kelly realized, I'm not going to win a natty at Notre Dame. I don't have the recruiting power here, the recruiting leverage juice. I think Jim Harbaugh looks up and says, I see my classes. I'm losing a lot of guys to Georgia-Bama. I don't want to coach Georgia-Bama. Michigan's the only college I want to coach for the rest of my life. I got him back on top of the Big Ten. I'm going to go to the NFL, take the loot, and win a Super Bowl. So I I think I'd stay at Michigan for another year. I don't think unless the Chargers job came open, there's a great job out there. But when it leaks, like it's leaking every time he interviews somewhere, he's either trying to gas up the Michigan money or the NFL money. And my guess today is... Since it hurts recruiting when this stuff gets out and we live in a world of transfer portal where everybody's recruiting today, it's year-round. He's probably going to the NFL because these rumors are not good for recruiting. And recruiting's the lifeblood of college football. That's why Ohio State and Michigan dominate their conference. They dominate recruiting. It's why Georgia right now and Alabama and LSU are dominating their conference. They dominate recruiting. It's why Oklahoma for years has dominated the Big 12. They're great at recruiting. It's why USC got really good really fast. They got Caleb Williams and Jordan Addison recruiting. So if this stuff is constantly out there, it's not good for recruiting. It tells me he's trying to up the ante and he's going pro. I wouldn't. I'd stay at Michigan for another year or two. I think JJ McCarthy, I think they'll get back to the playoff next year. I don't think they'll beat the best SEC team because I just don't think if you look at the Big 10, you look at the footprint. One championship in whatever it is, 19 years. It's just, we, we, we tend to think it's championship or bust for all these coaches. And in my life, discussing this stuff with them, there are other goals. Someone will win the conference, the big rivalry, the SEC East. They know there's li- Missouri's football coach knows there's limitations. He understands that he wants to win a bowl game. He wants to win eight games. He wants to get his assistants, better jobs. Everybody's got different goals.
3: Hey, Colin, can I ask you about your opening rant on the Lions-Packers game? Something yeah. just hit me as you were talking about it. A lot of fans are upset that the Seahawks game is not on at the same time that's right. as Packers-Lions. That's right, that's do they have right. a legitimate gripe? No. Because we know the NFL is doing this
0: to get a huge number for Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. As I said, you could do a lot of different things. But if you look as a broadcast executive or a league, the NFL has always viewed their sport as a television show. Right. What's the best television show on Sunday night? There's two big audiences for football in America. The Fox game of the week's won for like 20 years, I think, and the Sunday night game. You want your best games and your biggest quarterbacks. So you're going to do Titans, Jags? There's no brand there. Well, c- could you do dueling Sunday night football games at the same time, the same way the World
3: Cup in the final game of the group stage, so, they play them at the same time? So be, now what's better than Sunday night football?
0: Two Sunday night football games. Why would I take viewers away from my star quarterback. Also, we don't want to start a precedent. If you do that this year, then every year people will complain. Mm -hmm. How come we did Last year, you did. The reason that game's on, Aaron, Green Bay, Story, Sunday Night Football. Yes! Networks, Fox, if you went to our executives, they probably would take Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs. We love the Dallas Cowboys in the playoffs. We love the Philadelphia Eagles in the playoffs. We love the 49ers in the playoffs. We like Tom Brady in the playoffs. Absolutely, but we're not controlling the schedule. The NFL eventually makes that call. I guess we just root for the Rams against Seattle, and then,
3: uh, then we get Jared Goff for Aaron versus Aaron Rodgers for a playoff spot. I think it's a winnable Rams, mm, my head would love the Rams to win that game,
2: yes. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. And even... Checkout's not until 4, so...
4: Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply.
0: So, um Cowboys played the Commanders this week. Dallas can actually still improve their playoff position. There's a lot of things... Here we go in the last week, and there's a lot of positions you can change seating and stuff. So, Jerry says the Cowboys are not going to rest any players this week against the Commanders.
2: I'd like to have the best advantage going into the playoff, which is the best uh, uh, scheduling. Uh, uh, I'd like to have in a home a game, and uh, we all know the. And
0: uh, certainly would love to have a bye. Okay, so. If you're one of those people, this would explain me, that doesn't think the Cowboys can win the Super Bowl. Remember, happiness is about expectations. Are you unrealistic in life? You're bound to be unhappy. Are you realistic in life? You're bound to be more grateful and happy. So my Super Bowl bubble, I do this about once a month, usually has about eight teams. This year it's got five. I think the top's very strong. I think the Niners, Bills, Bengals, Chiefs, Philly – are most likely to win. I feel strongly about that. I do think the Chargers, Packers, Momentum, in Dallas have absolute either momentum, personnel, or an identity that could be very dangerous. If you believe that to be true, that those teams are favored, and then the three on the periphery, I don't think Minnesota in big spots... They have no history they're going to win. Their defense is absolutely atrocious. Hard to win a Super Bowl with a terrible defense in Minnesota's is terrible. Jacksonville doesn't have the big game experience. I think they could maybe get in, win a playoff game. That's about it, especially when you've got Burrow and Allen and Mahomes and Herbert. So if you believe that is a reality, that's a one playoff win team in Dallas. You're going to go to Tampa and open and win. You'll be favored and you'll win over an anemic offense, but you're most likely in your second game to go to, like, a Philadelphia or San Francisco and lose. Now you can get a break. If Green Bay beat San Francisco, I think that's unlikely. (laughs) San Francisco's got far more offensive weapons, and I think a better offensive coach. Um, Now, if Green Bay beat San Francisco, though, then Dallas could play the winner of the Minnesota-New York Giants game. Then you're a two-win playoff team. You'd beat those teams, I think. They just don't, you know, Minnesota's defense is atrocious. Giants' offense is pretty weak. But with the Cowboys, everybody's going to want Mike McCarthy fired, right, if they don't win this level or that level. If you believe based on, if you go back to my Super Bowl bubble, those are mostly the best rosters in football. I mean, San Francisco and Buffalo's rosters, Philadelphia roster, Stacked. Cincinnati offensively stacked with an underrated defense. And we got Reed and Mahomes. Those are the best rosters. The Chargers defense, not great, not as great. Green Bay weapons, not as great. And Dallas, let's be honest, Dak tends to be a complementary player, not a driving force to wins. So if you think that's true, you're going to win one playoff game. That's it. And that's okay. And then you won't want the coach fired or Dak shipped off. Dak's there to stay. McCarthy's probably going to win one playoff game. You could get a huge break if Green Bay beat San Francisco. Certainly possible. It's a big stage for Brock Purdy. It could absolutely happen. Then after you beat Tampa, or if you do, you could play Minnesota and the Giants. I think those are great matchups for Dallas. But expectations create happiness. Uh, If you have crazy ones or delusional ones, then you'll want everybody fired. And I think Mike McCarthy is going to win a playoff game. This year one, which is one more than Matt LaFleur, who replaced him in Green Bay, won last year. J-Mac with the news. No, 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 no. Turn on the news.
2: This is the Herdline News. I think you're
3: selling Dallas just a little short in the NFC, Colin. Look, we got to remember, Nick Foles, a few years back, took an Eagles team to the Super Bowl. Nick Foles. The NFC is wide open. As much as you like the Niners... Just remember, Lane Johnson injury with the Eagles. Jalen Hurts. Nobody believes in the Vikings. Things break right for Dallas. <laughs> I like if. You like a big if, right? Hey, this is glass half full Jason here on a...
0: Well, what day is today? Wednesday. I think in our business, Aaron winning and Dallas winning, uh, the teams that would be good for us because more people would watch, the Niners have a huge, huge national fan base. Denver West, it's massive. Cowboys and Brady... Uh, those are good stories for us. By the way,
3: is uh, is Debo Samuel back for the first uh, playoff game?
0: I'm not sure.
3: Well, they might need him against right. against know. Dallas. All right, let's go to uh, the news here. First story update on DeMar Hamlin. After his uncle spoke on Tuesday, says Hamlin is still sedated, continues to fight and improve after he went a cardiac arrest during Monday Night Football. Additionally, Hamlin's oxygen levels are improving, but there is concern of potential lung damage. The NFL says Bill's Bengals game will not resume this week. And, you know, nobody knows really what's going to happen. Um, the Bills have announced they will hold meetings and a walkthrough today, but they're not going to have any media availability. Well, just a lot of uncertainty
0: I did feel around this whether morning, or not that though, game's going to end. I-, I did feel this morning for the young man. I did feel like when I followed the medical people, it was more positive this morning. That's what it felt like to me. Now, now we don't know if it's football career. We have no idea but i did feel it for the first time this morning i felt i got some encouraging news and i'm not trying to be overly this or that but i it was this morning i got up first thing i checked and i thought okay that 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 feels better yeah cross um, your fingers
3: let's go to the dallas cowboys we briefly talked about them they've clinched a playoff spot obviously they still can get a first-round bye. They need some things to break their way. I would anticipate it's not going to happen. Um, but concern for Dallas has been Dak Prescott's uptick in interceptions since he returned from that thumb injury. Some really bad ones, some costly ones. Dak knows he has to eliminate those mistakes if Dallas is going to make a run to the Super Bowl.
0: They're all frustrating, and somehow or another, they've got to stop. To be able to play this position, uh, you've got to have a short-term memory. Um, whether the interception you feel is your fault not your fault whether you throw it to the guy uh and uh lose out on points before half or not you got to be able to turn the page uh and just move on Uh, i mean that that's something that honestly i mean i take pride in people are I, i i always feel with dallas it's fairly simple if dak throws 35 times or fewer they win if he's 36 or more chances are two out of three they lose I, I feel that when you get to the B quarterback level, you want to stay out of the 35 and up. Geno Smith, by the way, if you look at his record for Seattle, 35 or fewer throws, they win. Mm-hmm. 36 or more, they lose. That's the, that's the line for me. Once you get into 38 throws, 42 throws, now you're talking that's what you allow Mahomes or Burrow or Herbert to do. But when Dak's in that 35 range, when Tony Pollard's healthy and you have the one-two punch... And he throws 34 times. Dallas, 70% of the time, wins. Yeah, I've been saying for a couple of years at this network, no team is as good or as
3: bad as they were last week. But if you look at the last two Dallas performances, Colin, they got every fumble to break their way against the Eagles. They did. And a backup quarterback. Yep. And they did not look good against the Tennessee Titans. I don't care what anybody says. Josh Dobbs and like a practice squad defense and Dallas struggled to find margin. Something tells me this defense is not as good as the numbers suggest. I agree. The number two cornerback, opposite side of Diggs, is getting picked on a lot.
0: You know how we talk about sometimes offenses are just calling plays but don't have an identity? Whereas, like, the Bengals have an offensive identity. The Packers now, it took them a while, have found their identity. They're not just calling plays. Sometimes defenses have spectacular talent but they're not great defenses. I think Dallas has two or three spectacular players. Mm. Mike is unbelievable. Yeah. But I I don't look at Dallas's defense and think, oh, this is the, this is close to the Niners or Buffalo when they're healthy. I I just don't. They also Tony Pollard is expected back. Remember,
3: without him last week against Tennessee, I didn't see that punchy running game, the thunder and lightning. Tony Pollard is an explosive, very underrated oh, yeah. player. He yeah. is integral to that offense. Uh, all right, final story here. Let's go to the NBA's crazy scoring. Colin, we touched on this yesterday. Scoring around the NBA is at absurd levels this year. Giannis had 55 last night, a career-high, a couple impressive dunks. Bucks with a win over the Wizards and my guy Kyle Kuzma, who's still there. Uh, Giannis had 10 boards, 7 assists, making it his third straight game with 40, 10, and 5. After the game, Giannis spoke to his career goal goal going forward.
5: I want to get in a position that uh, my game, which I think I have got it. To that position of my game is boring you know uh, I just do what I do and people don't don't talk about it because it become boring you know I do it every single night and uh, that's what uh, I want to do I want other people to feel like my game is boring and uh, but I don't get bored you know uh, the greats the best players never get bored to go out there they always give the, the best every given night
0: yeah I don't know why there's a, an explosion of offense. I th- are these sort of the dog days of the NBA where the Christmas game's over? You're I'm, kind of... I, I just... The
3: defense does not seem to be a priority. And I think the league knows that audiences love offense. I mean, Klay Thompson had 54 the other night. Yeah, Luka had a 60-point triple-double. Donovan Mitchell, 71. I mean, it's, it's getting crazy. And this is good because, you know, we're talking about high scoring
0: games that's what people like yeah and I, I i like last night the celtics gave up like 150 points to okc yeah who didn't yeah. have their best player i think yeah um i i, I don't think these are the dog days what's gonna happen well <laughs> in i i March do, and april i i do think there's times i always feel like the trading deadline you know you get around the trading deadline the all-star game teams are looking at moves yeah. you know they're trying to show players off I mean, I don't take anything from this. I think the Celtics are going to come out of the East. I don't. I think Milwaukee will give them a push. Cleveland will give them a push. Uh, uh, Brooklyn, I think they've won 12. No, straight. I don't buy them at all. I can't believe everybody, uh, even people. Uh, I, do you hear? So, so when you, the big difference in the NBA is is in football. It's a singular game sport, right? So you can catch people off guard. But in basketball, coaching is essential. Steve Nash never felt like he quite matched up to the teams. And the other thing is, you can find a team's weakness and burrow in on it. What do you think? Team, so if, so they're so talented in Brooklyn, when they come into town for a singular night, you just play the night before, they can overwhelm you with their talent, their length, their talent. Kyrie, Durant, Simmons, they overwhelm you. But everybody's equally rested in the playoffs. And they've got two huge issues that you could go at, Boston could go at. Simmons at the free throw line in late in the game is a total liability, and Kyrie's a horrible defensive player so when Boston gets to play them six or seven times and just go at Simmons and at Kyrie it's a big difference in the regular season Boston's tired they played the night before Brooklyn's in town you watch 15 minutes of tape Durant's hot they're doing pick and rolls you're not prepared it's and, and by the way sometimes they're rested with two days to prep for you you played last night Brooklyn is not built To win a long series against a Milwaukee or a Boston, really, really well-coached team. I largely agree, but the one thing I've been asking some people, hey, uh,
3: Kyrie Irving's been a massive distraction for the last couple years. But noticeably, Colin, he's been silent since he came back from that uh, when he went off the rails. Colin, what's going on with Kyrie Irving? Did he realize, oh man, my shoe company dumped me. Nobody in the NBA wants me. Is this my last chance? Do I have to shape up or do I get shipped out of the league? And I think somebody, I don't know who it is, got through to Kyrie. Hey, dude, clean up your friggin' act. Stop being a distraction. Nothing out of Kyrie. The team is starting to gel. If he can keep it buttoned up. Now, that's the big question. We know, you know,
0: you know my rule. If he keeps it buttoned up to the trading deadline, you know he'll eventually unravel, trade him. Kyrie's literally untradeable... Three months ago. If he keeps this up at the trade deadline, you can get a first-round pick. You can get a player or two for Kyrie Irving. I said this with Anthony Davis. Yeah. You know Anthony Davis is eventually going to get hurt. When he started out with that unbelievable first month and a half, move him. You know Kyrie's going to unravel eventually. We know that. So so It's almost like you're just waiting for it to happen. Like the whole world, buy low, sell high. This is the time in this winning streak everybody's like saying what you are. Kyrie's changed. You really think we won't have a disruption over the next yeah. five so months? So does Sean Marks go,
3: hey, I know we won 12 in a row, but I know Kyrie is going to mess up, step out of pocket, and screw us
0: up. Do we ship him out of town? You think somebody talks themselves into Kyrie early? I, I wouldn't trade him during a win streak, but if we lose two out of three, you get close to the deadline, mm. you know Anthony Davis will go down again. You know, Kyrie Can we wait for will Anthony unravel to get again. Back.
3: <laughs> we need Anthony Davis back. By the way, Lakers, only four games out of the sixth seed. They are the 12th seed, but uh, only four games out of the sixth seed in the West.
0: What's well, a testament to how great LeBron's been this year? He's been incredible. Can we get him some help? Troy Brown and Pat Bev in the starting lineup? Are you kidding me? J mac with the news. Well, that's the news.
4: And thanks for stopping by. The
0: herd line. I, I, I think it's, we, we talk about this on the show sometimes that a story becomes better than the reality. So right now, the Packers are a very good story, but I also think their reality is their run game's great, their time of possession is up, their defense is more rested, therefore their defense is playing very well. Green Bay's got a cool story going on, but I think their team and the data matches the story. San Francisco is interesting. I saw another Brian Baldinger, very smart guy, does great job on the internet breaking down plays, talks about how... Brock Purdy is very special, and he is elevating this team and has some t- superior abilities to Jimmy Garoppolo. I think this is now becoming a – the story is becoming better than the reality. So let's go to Jimmy Garoppolo's last four games and Brock Purdy's first four games. Garoppolo's better. <laughs> Everything except winning. They're both 4-0. Garoppolo is significantly more accurate. Garoppolo had no turnovers – and a slightly higher passer rating. Now, Debo Samuel is not available to Brock Purdy, although they're using Christian McCaffrey more now than earlier. So Debo, if you gave Brock Purdy Debo, his numbers probably tick up and the numbers are equal. So I think the only difference between the two is this is a cheaper version of Garoppolo with slightly more mobility. And I'm, I'm in on Brock Purdy. I think he's done a terrific job. But this goes again to show that Jimmy Garoppolo is the most disrespected starting quarterback in this league in years. Brock Purdy, because he's the last guy taken in the draft, our expectations are low. Oh, he's unbelievable. His numbers aren't as good as Jimmy Garoppolo's. Garoppolo had no turnovers for a month. He didn't throw a single pick. Now, he had Debo. And so you, you, if you bake in Debo to Brock Purdy, his numbers all tick up 5 10%, whatever it is, and their numbers are even. And he is a cheaper version of Garoppolo, and he's a slightly more mobile. Neither one of them's a playmaker. Both are accurate. Both are coachable. Both have physical limitations. Purdy's a little smaller than you'd want. Garoppolo can't throw the deep ball much. But it it is interesting. The story now is surpassing the reality, which is Purdy is just a cheaper version of Jimmy G. Not quite as accurate. Accurate, but not quite as accurate as Jimmy Garoppolo. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific.
4: 6 p.m. Book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply.
0: Very interesting discussion before we went on the air with Albert Breer, lead content guy for MMQB. Let's bring him on, cover the (laughs) NFL for 17 years. Um, I want to start with uh, DeMar, yeah. Ham, Demar Hamlin situation. I've tried to follow medical people, um, and it, this morning the news felt a little more encouraging. That was my takeaway. What are you hearing on Demar?
5: Yeah, I, you know, I think there's cautious optimism right now. Now, you know, we're not talking about him as a football player. We're talking right. about him, you know, as a human being, and. Um, You know, I think that there have been, you know, small but good signs. My wife's a cardiac nurse, so I've talked to her a little bit about this, too. And, um, you know, the fact that, you know, he's on 50 percent oxygen now versus 100 percent oxygen, the fact that they were willing to turn him over um, onto his back, like those are those are good signs for his survival. Now, you know, we don't know what his brain function is going to be. We don't know what he's going to be physically like when he comes out of this. And, you know, I, from everything I can gather, you're really not going to know that until he's conscious and breathing again. And God willing, he will be conscious and breathing again. Um, you know, but I, I think there are, there are little subtle good signs here. And, you know, I think the information, um, you know, has been good thus far, but we'll probably... Don't have the best information until, you know, they, they they get him conscious and breathing again. Again, God willing that he is conscious and breathing again.
0: So I, I said this earlier, my gut feeling is the reason all those stories on Harbaugh, Carolina, Denver are leaking, mm-hmm. he's either driving up his Michigan price or his NFL price because Sean yeah. Payton's getting the same calls and that's not leaking. So my takeaway is Jim wouldn't leak this or his people wouldn't if he was staying at Michigan, because these things always hurt recruiting and staff building is that if they're getting out, he's trying to drive up an NFL number. That's my Mm -hmm. takeaway. Am I wrong? You tell me.
5: No, I don't think so. I mean, I I think we have to look at the history of this too, Colin. You know, I I think I came on your show five, six years ago and and said that there was temptation then. And I think there was, you know, And, and this was at a time and, you know, 15 and 16 and 17 when, when Michigan was ascending, you know, and and there, were, there was NFL interest based on what he did in San Francisco, you know, and then shortly after that, NFL interest sort of cooled, you know, and in 19 and 20, there weren't a lot of people calling him. And when, you know, Michigan was asking him to get the pay, take the pay cut, he really didn't have anywhere to go, you know, and even last year, like that interest was more outgoing than incoming, you know, like that, the Minnesota thing, I think was more driven by him than it was by the Vikings. And so this is the first time in a few years where the interest is incoming and not get, not outgoing, you know, and we know he's had that, you know, level of unfinished business in the NFL, really going back to when he left the Niners, like there was a question of whether he wanted to go back to college at all back then. Um, and so, you know, I think that's all stuff to consider here. Um, and, you know, I think he's got an NFL ready staff. You look at the guys that are on his staff, guys like Weiss and, um, you know, and then on the defensive side, Jesse Minter, who came, you know, came from the NFL, who came from the Ravens, um, you can see where it'd be easy to kind of transplant that. And I do think, you know, to some degree, you know, his name has been restored in NFL circles where, yeah. you know, it's just you look at the success and he's 44-19-1 as the coach of the Niners went to three NFC title games. Um, you know, I, I, I think there's a reason why. You know, some teams, you know, like the Panthers, like the the Broncos, who have taken swings recently on guys with less experience, would look at it and say, Well, wait a minute. Like, is he a little bit of a different guy? Yeah, but look at the track record. Right. So, um, and I think there, 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 there's going to be opportunity out there for Jim. You know, for the first time, there's going to be, I think, you know, competition for his services. Yeah. And, you know, we'll see whether or not this is when he wants to scratch that NFL itch because I don't think that NFL itch. Is going away for for him, based on, you know, really where he's been over the last seven years. I think that's always been something that he's wanted to do: is is go finish the unfinished business he has in the league.
0: Yeah, forty four wins, nineteen losses, and did this with Kaepernick and and Alex Smith. So, uh-huh. you know, if he can get the right quarterback, I, I um, we were saying during the break. I said J Mac was arguing. I said if the if the Raiders could get like <laughs> a second or a third rounder yeah. for Derek Carr and J-Max said why would the Jets do that and my takeaway is because they're desperate and Robert Sala gets <laughs> fired if he doesn't win next year they you know this organization runs coaches off mm-hmm. you and you said you, you said I think he may get cut I don't know you tell me what's the I thought the market
5: for Derek Carr would be I will get him tomorrow for a third round pick well let me say this first of all right Never say never because the Colts were able to get something from Carson Wentz last year. I thought that was going to be really difficult. You know what I mean? Like, so, like, I I, I wouldn't say that no one's going to be out there with a deal for a quarterback as accomplished as Derek Carr and with the track record that Derek Carr has, but he didn't have a great year this year. True, true. You know, and then you sort of, like, start to look at it, all right? Like... Look at the logistics of it. the The Raiders have to make a decision on this by February fifteenth. Okay. Um, they they cannot have him on their roster without either a deal agreed to, okay, um, or you know an agreement to cut him uh, bef- the, after fe- February fifteenth because that's when his guarantees vest. And so, like to get a trade partner, you'd be asking for that team to move way ahead of the market and say we're going to lock in with Derek Carr as our quarterback on Valentine's Day. Right. Okay? Like that's when you have to make the decision by. Hmm. And then you look at what else is going to be out there. Well, you know, for the Raiders, um or the Niners, it could be Tom Brady, right? Like so, you know, like there's there's one spot that's going to be taken off the market. Then you look at some of the other names out there. Jimmy Garoppolo, Daniel Jones, Geno Smith, Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold. I'm not saying these guys are, you know, Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, but yeah. if you're weighing do I spend a second or third round pick on Derek Carr, or do I go get a Geno Smith or a Daniel Jones or a Baker Mayfield without having to give up any draft compensation? Hmm. And those guys are younger. Maybe I do go with the other, hmm. with the with with, with with the the guy that, I don't have to give up a draft pick for. That, that's interesting. So I think this is difficult for the for the Raiders. The other thing that complicates it too is the no trade clause. Like he doesn't have to go anywhere right. that he doesn't want to go. So I, I just think that there's a very real scenario where we get to Super Bowl Sunday and, you know, with all of our reporting <laughs> on the, 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 the morning of that, of that game, we're all talking about Derek Carr potentially getting cut within the next 72 hours.
0: That's Albert Breer making me think, okay, let me ask you, let me throw the Jets guy, crazy Jets fan. If I could on the market, Garoppolo, Derek Carr. Oh, come on. I'd take Derek. Carr. What do you got Jay Mac?
5: Okay. So he would Jared. take, okay. So here, but here, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Jay Mack. Garoppolo played for Robert Sala and Mike LaFleur That's right. That's in San point. Francisco. Yep. Good call.
0: So he's got so you're not <laughs> guessing.
5: You're not you're not guessing on how Jimmy Garoppolo is going to fit also,
0: with your coaches, you know. Also, Garoppolo's played in so many big games. He's always hurt, though. Oh, every year well, he's got it, injuries. It, it's a little overstated. He plays more than people think. There is, you can see, I th- I like Garoppolo. How many big games has he played in? Derek uh, right. Carr's not played in. When's the last big game he played in? Yeah. So there's a value. Yeah. You go to New York City. We saw how it gobbled up Zach Wilson. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's an argument if you're this uh, Albert Breer's got me thinking now. I don't know. This is the February 15th thing. We only have like uh, 30 seconds left here, but the February yeah. 15th thing is
5: a really good point because the Super Bowl will have just ended. Well, and here's here's the other thing. If you're Derek Carr, like just the, this is the other layer of it like you have a chance to hit the market a month before everybody else. So you're not subject to the same market conditions that everybody else is going to be subject to. Yeah, You could have teams bidding on you then, you know, yeah. and then you're going to be able to pick your home and maybe mm. you recover the money that you lost. Right. I just, yeah. I think that there's some benefit to Derek Carr sitting there and saying, I don't like, I'm not going to let you try. I'm not going to All do right. you that favor. I'm, not, right. I'm, I'm going to sit here on my hands. Uh-huh. I'm going to exercise yeah. my no trade clause and I'm going to force my way to free agency On Valentine's Day.
0: Okay, we got to go. Great stuff. Albert Breer got me thinking. Hour two next.
2: Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City.